This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hello everyone. Takaho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola. 안녕하세요. Assalamu alaikum. And Kiora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz. Oh, 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 oh,
पैरों पे अंगारों चलते रहे To Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. Kia ora everyone, welcome to Connecting Cultures Features, a show by for and about the multicultural people of Dunedin and New Zealand. So I am here with Anaya and Ahana Mundamata, um, very young poets and illustrator, and they've published a book recently um, called The Epiphanies of a Young Mind. Um, and I'm just really excited to get to know them and to hear about all their uh, personal journeys and um, their story travels and all the cultural exchange that they've got along the way. Um, and they're sisters, and they published this book together, which is really exciting. So I'm really excited to talk to them about that. Um, Kiora, Anaya, Hi. and Ahana. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having us today. Yeah. Mm. Um, so how are you feeling? We'll start with you. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit nervous, to be honest. Why? Was, um, the only experience I have is a very short 10-minute sec- segment, of, and now I'm here for an hour, so I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always um, tell my guests that we're only having this conversation in this yeah. room. We're getting to know each other. There's no need to yeah. be nervous. Mm. What about you? How are you feeling, Hannah? Um, I'm a little bit nervous, but like you said, it's just pretend like it's just a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And like you did a really remarkable thing. Thank I think you, you wrote you. a book together. How crazy is that? <laughs> and um like we we had a we chat before we went into this interview about how this book came into place, um, but before we do that, we might do like a formal introduction so you can talk to the audience. Yeah, um, might start with you. Yeah, hi, my name is Anaya. Um, I'm a voracious reader. Um, I'm an artist, if you could call me that, and um, I'm a popcorn lover. I think those are my three biggest attributes. <laughs> Um, hi, I'm Ahana, and I am, I just turned 12, and I'm originally from India, but I've lived all over, so I guess you could say I'm a citizen of the world. 
What do you like doing? Um, I love I love to read and I love to write, um, as you can probably tell. But I also I love to do gymnastics and I also、mm-hmm. do a bit of swimming. I'm a bit of a swimmer, yeah. That's so cool. You're more <laughs> athletic than everyone. Is <laughs> yeah. Um, how old are you? I'm 16.、Mm-hmm. Um, we both go to Tari College.、Um, I'm in year 12, and Ahana's in year eight.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I am so inspired by people in this room to share <laughs> that, like,、you. wow, like y- y- 16 and. Twelve, and you have a book. You know, like <laughs> what did I do when I was sixteen? Oh my god! <laughs> oh. No, it's it was just a product of COVID nineteen because during that time we were stuck inside the house and we didn't really have a lot of friends at that time either because we had just moved、mm. and we were just sitting at home, online school. It was just a pain, and yeah. So yeah. this is what we kind of did to cope.、Mm. Um, sort of like、um, different times make different. Um, people, people. So it wasn't. I don't think you can really compare us to nor- this to like a normal teenager life because of everything that happened at the time.、Mm. And I think、um, it's such a good story to share, like how that book came into place,、um, especially during COVID times when people are really scared,、um, yeah. and also because、um, you've got family. Back in India, so、yeah. there are those,、um, you know, as a migrant, there's those things that、yeah. we feel two different things. That a diff- like we're in New Zealand, we're grateful we're here, but also we think about the people back home, you know,、yeah. things、yeah. like that. Yeah.、Um, so can you share with me like those experiences on like why why that was the best time to write a book? Um, well, first of all, it was because we were stuck at home, so obviously we had a lot of free time on our hands.、Um, but also because everything that was happening at the time, especially in India,、um, things were really bad with the Delta variant,、um, and it was just a really uncertain time. And we'd also just moved, so before、um, we were living in Bangladesh, we'd lived there for six and a half years, and that's the longest we've lived anywhere, like in any country. And we had to, we had decided to move to India for a year、um, within like ten days, and then we left、um, in like ten yeah, days. We didn't、so. actually decide for India. We thought, you know, the COVID had just struck. We didn't think it was that serious. We thought、mm. it would be maybe. Two or three months before everything was back to normal, but we ended up staying there for three for thirteen、um, months.、Mm. Yeah, yeah, and it was really uncertain because we spent our and most of our life here.、Um, we lived in Bangladesh longer than we lived in India, and that's where we were born. That's where we're from. So Bangladesh had become a big part of our life. It had become a big part of our identity, and we. Had to wrap everything up, pack everything up in ten days, and leave. So we got no closure, and it wasn't even like a normal ten days. There was still, it was still locked down, and we,、um, we flew out on an evacuation flight. So、mm. it was just a lot of, you know, yeah.、Crying. We didn't even get to, we didn't get to say goodbye to a lot of our friends and stuff, and you know, we were obviously wearing masks and everything. So it was. The journey itself was also quite um, harrowing um, because of all the things that we had to, all the precautions we had to take, and we you know, spent almost 
five hours in one airport. Yeah, because of the COVID, because we had COVID regulations. COVID regulations. We had spent five after we landed. We spent five hours at an airport. And then at the time, the isolation period, the isolation process, was so rigid in India. Like we also, spent. This was also the beginning of COVID, so yeah. there wasn't a lot we actually knew about the virus. So there were all these every day. There would be a new form of containing it or testing it, and it would just yeah, be new rules, constant chaos. Yeah, so we moved during that like peak period in the beginning, like that first wave, um, and so we spent like three weeks in hotel quarantine. And then we spent like four weeks at in home quarantine as well after that because that was the um, that was the rule at the that time. Was the guideline that yeah. we had to. We spent a week in in Delhi and then we moved and then we got went from there to Kerala. So we had spent another two weeks isolating in Kerala and then we had to spend another two weeks isolating at home. So mm. it was a total of five weeks of isolation. That is very unsettling. Yeah. It's like, it's like also, you, you don't feel like you are set somewhere. You just need yeah. to move and move and move. Yeah. And also because those three weeks in hotel quarantine, this is like two bedrooms connecting to like maybe one suite. So we the only faces we would see were each <laughs> other's. So that obviously was With- kind of frustrating and infuriating yeah so (laughs) that's where that's where this book was born I guess that's where Hannah started writing some poetry to cope with um and yeah also um all of my memories all of my childhood memories are from Bangladesh because before that I was I was less than three years old I don't even remember anything so all of my childhood memories were from Bangladesh, all my friends were there, and then we packed up in 10 days, and it was over. So it was very abrupt, and I think um, poetry definitely helped me cope with that. Mm. And I'm really glad you found poetry, that yeah. you know, knowing that it could help you, because um, you know, if there are people out there who still don't know how to express the things that that they're feeling, um, and I'm really glad you found something, a medium for you to share. Um, and you know, you got this book for people to read about it. <laughs> yeah. um, that's so amazing. Um, so if you could share with someone about Epiphanies of a Young Mind, um, what would you tell them? What is it about? I would say that it has multiple messages, but I think the main thing for me is that it's like it's short, it's a story of our growth as people as well through the pandemic because we both grew so much as people during that time and it was also a crucial part for me in my life. So it was just um the poetry also you can also see my growth as a person and I think that's a big theme in the book as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean it means a lot of different things to a lot of people. Um but it was written during a time of conflict and strife and I feel like the whole point of Epiphanies of a Young Mind was to bring comfort to people because I know we were feeling really lonely during that time and this was just um this book was supposed to be something to comfort people um, and to share the bond that me and my sister have. Um, And we wanted to just make other people feel as safe and comforted, I guess. Yeah, because there was a lot going on during that time. And I think 
people will find um, some sort of like they would feel they would relate to how you feel mm-hmm. um, even though they weren't in your position right but a lot of people were feeling very unsettled and scared and not knowing where to go um, and they would relate to the poems of your book and yeah. I think that's why it's so good that you published that so that people yeah. know um, yeah. you know and I think another part of it is sort of how our relationship affects the thing because I wrote the poems and then she sort of she looked at the poems and she drew what came to mind so it was also um, that also played a part in it that we could talk to each other and we could understand each other to a point Ah, yeah that's something we should talk about like how (laughs) well what was it like working together as sisters? Because I can't imagine working with my siblings with no, anything. Was, uh, okay, so that was that's quite a story because she wrote about a lot of things. Um, most of them are very obscure topics, which it was not easy to come up with artworks for that. Um, it took a lot of thinking and a lot of mind maps and a lot of frustration, which I would be very vocal about. I did tell her quite a bit that I was really upset with the topics that she chose. She um, would be, she'd be holed in her room for like a couple of hours trying to do something and then she would come out and she would be like, why did you write such obscure poems? <laughs> yeah, because it was just, it was insane. But yeah, I had a whole process for those kind of poems. I'd have to create a mind map I do some research and yeah I don't it was just <laughs> so it's a lot of work yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. um so were there times when you know you realize that you know there are times when you had to work together yeah. and um talk to each other yeah um, a lot of the time when she was doing the artwork and she couldn't think of anything um we would all sort of talk about it and yeah we, we would, would I think it was Part of it was, you know, our sister relationship, but it was also a big family endeavor. Like, for example, the title, um, we had many family discussions about it, and we, went, we got a we lot went of through so many titles. We were considering like three different ones, but in like the end. poetry through the pandemic, and at one point we had po- poetry through the pandemic, epiphanies of a young mind. Which is quite a lengthy title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, but eventually, we just decided that this would be the best. title. I think that's yeah. the best title ever. Yeah, yeah it really. I came up with it, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, excuse me. <laughs> you came up with the word epiphanies. I came up with the rest of it. So, wow, of a young mind, how creative! <laughs> I think you guys should not fight and, <laughs> and appreciate yeah. this as like your baby you know like you're sharing this thing together and um like i i'm a big sister as well yeah um, so you understand so i understand how um, it's really hard to be working with siblings in general but like not a lot of siblings can work together and you guys did so well yeah (laughs) there are challenges i think i think part of it part of the reason we actually get along is also because we have similar interests we both Mm. we both love reading and writing and that i think that also played a huge part in our bond as sisters we both love marvel yeah um and yeah and also because i'd like to think that we've always been close but especially during that time because we had literally nobody else yeah so 
the only person I could turn to was my sister. So,、mm. yeah, I think that was a big part of it.、Mm. Um, and with the drawing process、yeah. of it, how long did it take to finish? Um, that's a loaded question because for most of them, um, like obviously inspiration is just so not. It's fickle. It's like it came in bursts. Like there were some afternoons I would do like four or five, and I would have them photographed and scanned and sent to the publisher. And then other times it took me weeks before I could even like think about something.、Mm. So. Overall, I think I started to do the artwork、um, beginning of 2021, and then yeah, it took until like September and October.、Um, after I didn't actually, I ended up finishing most of the illustrations while we were in New Zealand. So right after we、mm. moved,、um, but yeah.、Mm. And、um, Anna, your writing.、Um, so all that. Took place when you were in the hotel, basically, or were you no, also? No,、um, I actually wrote my first poem right after when we were home isolating,、mm. and it just I just because there was so much change going around, going around, and I had、um, I'd oh, I'd always loved writing, but I was more of a, a story writer,、mm. but. Again, I felt like I wanted to try something new because, again, everything was changing.、Um, the rules about COVID would be changing every day, so I started writing poems. I had learned a little bit about it at school, which helped, and、um, I just sort of shared them with my family, with my mom and my dad and my sister, and we came up with the idea of a book together, and then. We shared it with a poet that we that we knew, and through her,、um, the company in India that published it, books, etc. They approached us, and then of course she did the artwork. And I I love writing poetry,、mm-hmm. and I hope to continue it for a long time.、Definitely. Yeah, and you mentioned that you write stories. What、yeah. kind of stories did you write? Ah,、uh, all kinds. At first, I guess because I was reading a lot of fantasy, I would be writing more fantasy. But recently, I've started writing more realistic fiction. But the one thing that they all have in common is that they're very depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Why do、yeah. you think so? I think it's just because it's when I really got into story writing, which was during the pandemic. There was a lot of sadness and depression. There was sort of that air everywhere. Because you know, people, especially in India, where there would be like hundreds of thousands dying every day, there would be. A, I think there would be a lot of those sad stories around me, and I guess I sort of drew inspiration from that.、Hmm. Um, do you think about writing another piece、um, in the future? She's already working on book two. <gasps> Are you? <laughs>、um, I don't. I have written more poems. I've written about maybe fifteen that aren't actually in the book, but、um, we don't really have anything finalized yet.、Mm. Well, that is amazing because that's something that we can look forward to in the future. And、yeah. um, like you know, it's such a great piece of art, basically what you guys did together,、yeah. um, and it really shows how beautiful like a sister relationship can be if. Yeah. You guys get along, you know, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is hard. But、yeah. like, oh, there is so much potential for other people to see that you know this this can 
you can work together and yeah. pr- produces such a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's not impossible to work with your sibling. It's not impossible. That is the <laughs> that is that is the the theme of this whole podcast. Yeah. Like. <laughs> To um, create a book together. Yeah, and I'd like to think that it's also just a symbol of hope, especially because, obviously, it was a really difficult time and there was a lot of uncertainty and stuff, but from that, the beautiful things were formed, like this book. And I know there's so many, so much more artwork and so much more, so many more artists emerging from the pandemic. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of interesting to see like yes it was a difficult time and yes it was you know uncertain and you know it left a lot of bad stains Mm -hmm. um but it's still we still were able to come out with this book and we still had so many good things that came from it yeah and yeah um i think our mom said it she said abnormal times make abnormal things Mm, that's a very good one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That really shows like what a bad time can do. You know? yeah. <laughs> mm. um, we might go on a song break um, okay. before we move on to the next part of the show. Um, and you brought songs for us. Do you want to yeah. share one of the songs you brought? Um, yeah. So I think um, we can go with Amar Jan. So Amar Jan is um, a mix of Hindi, uh, no, sorry, not Hindi, um, English and Bangla. Um, so the chorus is in Bangla, and obviously we lived in, we yeah. mentioned before, we lived in Bangladesh for six and a half years, and that was the longest we've lived anywhere, yeah. and we feel like it has become a part of our identity, and we really, like, we celebrated um, Boishak, um, which is the Bangla New Year. And so, yeah, I I don't know. This is just like one of my favorite songs. Hmm. I would also say I speak, I'd probably speak Bangla better than I do Malayalam, which is the state from my, which is the language they speak in my dad's state. So it's just um, definitely it was a huge part of my life. Hmm. Um, Thank you for bringing that song for us. So um, we'll have a listen and we'll be right back after song break. Nothing makes sense in this world And nobody seems to care As far as I can tell But as I start losing my mind She holds me with warmth and says She's lost as well So baby, don't let go Don't face this on your own Let's never be alone Be alone More than love, more than love 
And you're back on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. I'm Arina, and I'm here with Anaya and Ahana. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for the song. I think um, it's great to be sharing such um, linguistically diverse songs on air, especially on yeah. Dunedin Radio Air. Um, so now I really wanted Ahana to share her poems, because we've been talking about the poetry, but we didn't really hear it. And um, yeah, so this is a chance for you to share one of your favorites from the book. If you want to start with that. Yeah, I'll start with um, one of the best, one of the favorites from the book. Yeah. So um, this is called Happy Place. And it's kind of the only not depressing one. Um, Okay. (laughs) My happy place is where I go to refine my grace and just go with the flow. I am me. No one can take that away. So to my happy place I flee, for it keeps my monsters at bay. Wow. um, Short and sweet. Yeah. That's um, one of the only not depressing ones in the book. Can you share with us, like... When you wrote that, what's the inspiration from that poem? It was actually right after I had written one of the really depressing ones, and I thought, well, this is very sad. Maybe I should write something to to counter it. And then it sort of came to mind. Did you feel better after writing that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think it was... Yeah, I did definitely feel a bit better writing that one than the more depressing ones because obviously it was more of a message of hope mm-hmm. rather than the other ones which are a bit more depressing. But I'm still interested to hear the depressing ones as well. Yeah. Um I can also I'll also read one which is um which is not from the book. So this is just I wrote this in a span of maybe 15 minutes at a poetry workshop in in Dunedin. So I'm just, um, yeah. I am the boom that comes with an explosion. You are the calm before the storm. I hold my head high and show a dazzling smile while yours hangs low and your smile is never shown. I'm the clink of glass connecting with glass. You are the rustle of leaves in the wind. You are the silent sobs and the quiet tears. I am the resounding chuckle and the natural smile. We are very different, but very much the same. For I am the outside and you the inside. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, um... In that in that workshop, we were kind of exploring sound in poetry. Mm. So I have um, I have the the boom and the and like the rustle and those words. Kind of we were exploring those in poetry, and that I think that's definitely one of my best pieces. Mm. It it is amazing. Like just the visuals of it. You know, when when you're putting two opposite things together. Yeah. Mm. Oh wow. Um, 
Thank you for sharing us your poems. Um, I'm really excited to read the other ones and, you know, especially the depressed ones. I don't know. I think there are some comfort in reading the sad ones, you know, just to understand how the other person's feeling. Yeah. I think also knowing that, you know, you're not the only one who felt that way yeah. as, um, as, of course, in the times of the pandemic, it was there was so much uncertainty. And I think this book definitely shows that it was a sad time and it was a horrible time, but it's not only you. It was everyone. Everyone felt that. Yeah, exactly. And um, a lot of people find comfort in reading sad things. So yeah. um, just really looking forward to read that. Um, thank you, Anaya and Ahana. Um, so today... Uh, for the other part of the interview, I do want us to talk about your multicultural life. Yeah. Here on Connecting Cultures Features, we talk <laughs> about culture and, um, you know, just what it's like to be a multicultural person in Dunedin. And you've um, recently arrived, in it. not recently, but like you arrived um, not long. Um, so... What were the things that you think about Dunedin when you just arrived? I think it's it's definitely very welcoming. It's a very welcoming place for all of us, especially like in the school and all of that. We were welcomed with open arms. But at the same time, we were also kind of outsiders because no one had actually been through what we had with the COVID and all of that. And yeah. And yeah, we had some really different experiences because we go to a majority white school. So um, like in my year, I'm the only South Asian um, in my year. And so I feel like I'm lucky to have found a group of friends <laughs> that I really relate with and that I can really share myself with. But at the same time, I don't find a lot in common with my peers often. Um, especially because most of them have lived in Dunedin and Mosgiel, which is where we we live, um, but they've lived there their entire lives. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like you really do feel like an outsider, especially um, when they start talking about their elementary school and everything. And I realized that I didn't have those same experiences because I went to elementary school in multiple countries. I started in Malawi and then... We left in like second grade, um, which was year three, um, and we came to Bangladesh. And even in Bangladesh, because it was an international school, people were coming and going quite a lot because that's mm. how the international community, like the diplomat community was. Um, people don't usually stay for longer than three years. So I feel like it was a bit difficult to connect and it took some time, but I feel like I've settled in a bit more. Mm. Um, yeah, I think she said it well. It's like they know us and we're friends with them and they're very nice and amazing people. But then again, you can't really relate with them because you've had such different experiences, especially with us, with all the complicated things that happened during COVID. And most of that time, especially in New Zealand, um, it wasn't as big in New Zealand and as it was in like India where we had online school for a year here. It was a couple of weeks. Mm, yeah. And also, um, 
it's I'm sure you acknowledge that you have a lot more cultural exchange. Yeah. <laughs> like majority of people here, like you've lived everywhere and yeah, you're but... only 16 and 12, you know, <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. And those cultural exchanges must help you with like the, your interactions with people in life. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, um, whenever yeah. we tell people of all of these stories of where we've lived and stuff, they're always like, Oh my god, that's so cool. And it definitely helps start a conversation knowing mm. that you know, you have some interesting things to say. Yeah, and it's so cool that you guys grow up everywhere. Yeah. Um you were about to say something. Oh yeah. Um well, yeah, we lived in well, I've lived in four countries. Ahana's lived in three because she wasn't born for the first one. Um but yeah, I feel like it It's definitely, I'm so glad for the perspective that we were able to gain living in such um, a diverse way. We traveled extensively as well. We went to Europe. Um, we traveled all around Asia. When we were living in Africa, we traveled all over. We went to Zambia, South Africa, and we were living in Malawi. Mm. So I definitely am so glad for the experiences I got because I know, I understand that no one else who would understand that because no one else would have that kind of worldview that we got. And I definitely think it was a great way to raise kids. But at the same time, you sometimes feel a little bit like you missed out because you don't have the, you know, the lifetime best friend that a lot of people who've lived in the same place have. Mm -hmm. And it's a bit difficult to maintain connections when you're moving, constantly moving around and, you know, having friends long distance. Like we have friends who have moved all over the world. Um, and obviously you know what they're doing, you know what they're up to, but at the same time, you don't really connect with them as you used to at one point. So you make a lot of friends, um, but you're never really very close to many of them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say that living in all these places and going through all these places, it's amazing because you get this worldview and it's such an amazing experience. But it also means that you never really feel like you belong in one place. Because in India, we would, you know, we had just come from outside. We would feel like foreigners. And then we'd come back to Bangladesh or to New Zealand or wherever we were currently living. And it would be the same story, you know. Mm -hmm. You were from a different place. You didn't actually feel like you belonged in one place. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about, like, you know how cultural identity is something that people identify with you know mm -hmm. um if i were to ask you what's your cultural identity what would you say i the thing is i don't feel like i belong to any one culture because even within india our parents are from two completely different states and they have completely different values and cultures um so I don't think I can properly answer that question quite yet. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like um, India itself is so diverse. Like, my mom is from the northeast um, in Bihar, um, and my dad is from the south, so in the state of Kerala. And we were born, born in Delhi, which is like a, the capital city. So we've... We every time we go back to India, we visit all three p places because they all hold a part of ourselves. Um, but so we never really feel like we 
have one certain culture, it means that we have a very complicated cultural identity mm. because I relate with Malayali culture, which is like from Kerala. And then I also relate with Bihari culture. Like I can understand Malayalam, which is the language, but I can't really speak it that well. And it's the same thing for my mother's mother tongue. Like I can understand Methli, but I can't speak it. Mm. So you feel like that's part of your culture, but at the same time, it's not really. Mm. So You know what? A lot of people I ask, what's your cultural identity? They can't answer. Yeah. So I'm really glad you said you can't answer because it really helps people who can't identify with a culture to feel like, hey, you know, that's not weird at all. Like, it's pretty normal. Yeah. And um, yeah, so just having these stories out there on air for people to listen shows that, um, you know, you can't judge a person by its cover. Like, okay, yeah. they might look a certain way, but you don't know, like, their journey, the stories, um, their lives, basically, and what culture they identify and what they don't. Yeah. Mm. Um, so thank you for being here and sharing that with us, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Thank you for having us. <laughs> We're not done yet. Yeah. I've got one more thing to ask. Um, and it's about the things that you're hopeful for in the future. I know that we've talked about hope a bit in like your poetry. Um, and that's on like hopeful for, um, being more certain after the pandemic and things like that. Um, so. You guys are young. There's a lot of things that you could look forward to. Um, but we might share some things, you know, that um, you want to do in the future. It might happen, might not happen. And, you know, it's just share with us. Well, I definitely want to continue writing both poetry and short stories, as I've said. Um, it's definitely a huge part of my life, and I would like it to stay that way. But... um Alongside that, I really, I don't know, I'm 12 years old, I don't really have to figure that out quite yeah. yet. So, um, everyone, my parents, my mom especially, says I should be a lawyer, that I have that analytical brain, but um, I don't know, not quite yet. My parents are both lawyers, <laughs> so I grew up with that as well, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and I turned out to be a podcast host, so you yeah. really don't know where you go, especially yeah. when you're 12, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. How about you? The future seems a lot closer for me than it does for her, being in year 12. And I feel like it's too scary for me to think about just yet. I just... Yeah, I have no clue where I'm going to go at the moment. I thought I did. And like, I've always felt like I was very certain with one thing and then I would completely change up and go to something. Like I used to do classical dance, classical Indian dance. Um, I used to do Bharatanatyam. And then I kind of left that behind and then I went into art more, like music. I did music for a little bit. I had one like period of time where I was like so sure I'd be like a musician and I haven't and now I don't sing at any time except for when I'm in the shower which I don't think counts <laughs> um and then now I have no idea because I had a period where I was like I could be a writer as well but I don't know anymore and mm. I don't even know if I'm going to continue with art I definitely love it but I don't know if it's something I'm going to continue with so mm. really I have no clue <laughs> and I feel like that's okay I feel like you can have no clue but 
still know who you are. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of where I am at the moment. And I'm glad you shared that with yeah. us because um, not a lot of people can open up and share and say that, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it takes a lot of bravery to be able to say that. Yeah. Um, and life changes really drastically. Yeah. Like, um, and I'm sure, because you're young, you're very young, um, things are going to go in many directions. Things yeah. w- would work, some wouldn't. Um, but to keep an open mind on the things that can happen is like a very good way to view life um i'm talking like i'm in my 30s or (laughs) but yeah um just being someone who recently graduated in psychology and not knowing what i would do next and now i'm working at a radio station you know that's a big surprise yeah um so um yeah just have fun you know with everything you do Hmm. um yeah so Before we end the show, maybe we can play another song that you brought for us. So do you want to tell us about that? Okay. Uh, I think we can play Tumbi Penne, which is a Malayalam song. Um, So it's from the movie um, Bangalore Days. And it's I feel like it's one of, um, I don't want to say it's a family movie, but it is definitely one of me and my sister's favorite um, Malayalam movies. And... Yeah, so there's one song especially which is about in the movie, which is about a wedding that we always used to dance to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like this song is really sweet and it's it's a love song. It's um, basically, but yeah, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> that is perfect for the song, um, yeah. for the show as well. So thank you so much. Um, before we let you leave, um, <laughs> just give us like some advice, anything that you want to talk to the listeners about. I think one thing that I definitely learned myself throughout the process of the book was that if you're not good at something, you should keep trying at it. Because especially, again, I've talked about this, but in the book and as a poet, my I grew so much. And you can see that in the book. And I think it's a huge theme as well. Mm, thank you. Um, for me, it's just to take it one day at a time. Because especially for people my age, um, who are, have to start considering what they want to do with their future. It's absolutely terrifying. I can tell you that firsthand. But I guess the best we can do is just take it one day at a time because the future is scary. And although our paths may diverge, I f- we all have the same place. We're all going to end up in the same place. Mm. You know, like we're going to take different pathways to get there, but we're all going to end up somewhere. So, Yeah. That's very good advice. And thank you so much to both of you to be here and share such like amazing stories. And I think for the people out there who are listening, they're going to want to find out more about you guys. Um, so is there a chance for people to find your book somewhere or um, is yeah anything you can share? Um, at the moment, we don't have a particular place we can find the book. Um, it is available on Amazon India if you're willing to pay for international <laughs> shipping. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll figure something out. Hmm. Yeah. And um, there's a few copies at UBS, um, but yeah. Hmm. Um, is there a way people can find you? Maybe an Instagram page or an um, email? Yeah, I have um, an email that's anayamudamatam at gmail.com. Um, you can email me if you'd like a copy. I'm sure we can figure something out. Mm. 
Um, yes, that's anayamundamadam at gmail.com, all lowercase. <laughs> Do you want to spell that? Yeah. A-N-A-Y-A-M-U-N-D-A-M-A-T-T-A-M at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. It's a long last name. That might help for people <laughs> who are listening on air yeah. to write that down. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much, Anaya and Hannah. Us. It was thank so you. lovely. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.